Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And I'm trying frantically to work out mentally what episode this is. <laughs> well, I wrote it down. It's 42. Thank you. <laughs> so it's, we're four episodes behind, ahead. Who knows anymore? Uh, yeah. Time has no meaning. None whatsoever. <laughs> and this week, we are back with the episode or the book that, as I said last week, my sister many years ago once pointed a finger at me and demanded I respond immediately with the, to the question, most boring speed value book. And I said, leaving home. She said, correct. Correct. And it's a testament to this book's reputation that uh, ever since this podcast has started, my sister who lives in London has been saying like, oh, sometime when I'm when I'm over, um, I want to go on the podcast. I want to be a guest. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll check with Karen, but fine. And then this time I said, okay, you're home. She's home this weekend. Yeah. I said, do you want, I can see if this is a possibility, to come on and give a few words yeah. about leaving home. And she basically said, do I have to read that boring book about Elizabeth going to Switzerland? I was like, yes. You need to do homework for this podcast. Yes. And she was like, ah, you're grand. <laughs> there you go. Dead to me. Enough to conquer her supposedly deep-rooted wish to contribute to this podcast. Oh, well. Thanks, Jenny. So, <laughs> Whatever, so, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she prefers you to me. She'll be devastated oh, by that. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, so, you know, now we've whetted your appetite for the treats to come, we can get started with taglines and blurbs. Okay, so let's do it. So, the cover tagline is, can Jessica find a way to stop Elizabeth from leaving Sweet Valley? Ooh. And the answer is, kind of yes. She kind of almost does, yeah. yeah. And the back tagline, separate ways. <gasps> mm, fate worse than death, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They certainly don't. Um, and here's the blurb. Elizabeth Wakefield has always dreamed of visiting the beautiful mountains of Switzerland. That's a lie. Since when? Like? Since like two minutes ago. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. Anyway. So she's thrilled when she has a chance to attend an exclusive Swiss boarding school. As much as she loves Sweet Valley, Elizabeth is positive the romantic, snow-covered Swiss countryside would provide the perfect inspiration for her writing. But the thought of losing her sister has Elizabeth's identical twin, Jessica, in a panic. <laughs> How would she survive without her very best friend in the world? The person she constantly backstabs and torments. And, yeah. <laughs> and falsely like, frames for crimes she didn't commit. Jesus. Jessica just can't let Elizabeth go. So she devises a plan to make sure her twin won't leave Sweet Valley. Will Jessica scheme to keep Elizabeth home work? Or will it end up driving her away forever? <gasps> well, the answer... It's no! <laughs> of course. So, There's like a hundred more books to go. They're oh, not going anywhere. No, not even close. And the cover is... Oh my good sweet Jesus. Come on, guys. Describe it, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've got, it's kind of, it's unusual in that there's an actual room involved in the cover. Yes. Like we've got props, which we don't usually have. Almost never. Which I'm enjoying. It's usually just like kind of mottled background. They're going a bit into the backgrounds in uh, at this, at in this, this period. And, this one yeah. and the next one, yeah. And actually, I believe Susan, what's her face, in the last book, had a pillow that she, she was weeping yes. into. We're introducing <gasps> props. I'm excited. Words, that was. Yeah. <laughs> so this one has Elizabeth sitting at her desk, presumably in her room. She's using, is that a typewriter? Like electric typewriter? It is an electric typewriter, yeah. yes. Uh, on the desk in front of her, she's wistfully looking up at a poster of Switzerland, <laughs> which helpfully says Switzerland across the top of it. Because <laughs> what teenage girl does, doesn't have a picture of some Alps of course. in her boudoir? Stands to reason. Uh, she's wearing a lot of makeup for a Wakefield. Yes. For someone who kind of goes Whoa. on about people wearing lots of makeup and oh my God, they're wearing so much makeup. She's, and it's like, she's heavy on the blush. Caked on the blusher and she's a pretty bright lipstick on. She does. But she's got her so, trademark barrettes. Of course she does. <laughs> 
as ever. Um, so Jessica is kind of lurking in her doorway Ooh, yes, very pensively is. with like hand on her chin so kind of mm, sussing out the situation. Both wearing their lavaliers which is nice. So they are. Yes, reappearance of the lavaliers always like mm. that. <laughs> and they're both uh, wearing quite plain outfits. Yeah. Jessica's uncharacteristically dowdy so would they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just wearing like a little vest and I guess jeans. Yeah. It's I mean it's normal clothes. Like it's, it's normal clothes but and I guess for her. there's a lot going on in terms of room and other stuff. And facial expressions. And facial expressions and makeup and blush hairs. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Yeah. Intricate outfits might have just sent it over the top. True. Which would have been amazing much like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Elizabeth wasn't wearing like a dirndl or you know a <laughs> oh bit, like, or a pair of later hosen. <laughs> Because that would have been quite a sight. That really would have been <gasps> oh, missed opportunity. Well, the the book itself gets going quite far from the Swiss Alps. In fact, the twins are on the beach. Oh my God! And <laughs> Jessica is spying on hunks. She is immediately being absolutely gassed. Oh my God! She <laughs> totally is. It is completely. Freaking insane. It's fantastic. Everything She's, about it. Like, it's like Jessica, or no, uh, Enid and Elizabeth are trying to have a conversation, but yes. Jessica keeps interrupting them because she's she's basically <laughs> perving on surfers. She's entirely perving on them. Through a pair of binoculars that some other dude has oh. lent her. And that other dude <laughs> is called reason. Randy Lloyd. <laughs> so he's loaned her this pair of binoculars, which yep. she's now using to check out other guys. Yeah, I'm sure Randy would be delighted <laughs> to know that his sure. gift was being pushed to such good use. Absolutely. And uh, while while spying on hunks, Jess ponders how boring and dull Enid is. And we're reminded how Liz describes her as loyal and trustworthy, which, I mean, I've got to say, if the best thing my best friend could say about me wasn't that, like, <laughs> you know, they... I, they got on with me and that I was I don't know funny and that they yeah. liked me they was just like well she's very loyal <laughs> dabbing with faint praise a little bit yeah. Oh, the best compliment in the world <laughs> and of course we have a very long twin description oh yeah and uh, of course Edith isn't impressed by Jess's treatment of Randy taking his binoculars off him and then using it to spy on hunks <laughs> and she admonishes her for trifling with his feelings oh. but, but then they find common ground because they're both not entirely happy with Liz. Oh, that's right. Yes. Liz is a woman obsessed. She, she's a woman on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> she will not shut up about Switzerland. She's got a brochure for this interlocking school, mm. which Regina told her about in the last book. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's she's got that brochure, brochure right there on the beach. She, <laughs> yeah, she's so boring. She really is. I mean, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we get told how, uh, how when... Regina was over in Switzerland. She had fallen in love with the beautiful mountainous country that had been her home. Mm. And she she sent postcards home describing the breathtaking views of the Alps, the crystal blue lakes and the warmth of the charming Swiss people. It's like, well, they sound very boring postcards. Oh, God. They're just like... Yeah. Like a... From like, a we can see the view on the front of the postcard. It's grand. Next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, also, I do enjoy, though, how Regina is described as being startlingly beautiful. Oh, that it's like, of You get a fright when you see her because she's so hot. It's like, oh, my God, Regina. Where, where did she come from? <laughs> I'm so startled. <laughs> she's so beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Liz is uh, has, has bizarrely decided that Switzerland is, quote, the most enchanting, romantic place on earth. She's obsessed. She is obsessed. Out of and nowhere. She's been fueled, this passion has been fueled by reading Tender as the Night by F. Scott Fitzgerald because Dick Diver, the character, studied medicine in Geneva and that's apparently enough to capture Liz's heart. And yeah. Obsessive <laughs> nature. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she's had the brochure for a whole week and she has spent every minute of every day since then forcing everyone around her oh, to just pictures of Alps. Badgering people about it. And she's she's uh, worried that she's too late to get a scholarship mm. for the next school year but uh, because it turns out they have some programme that like starts in the summer holidays and then just continues for 12 months. Yeah, it's like a writing programme over the summer and then she'd do her senior year in Switzerland is kind of how they've... yes. It's how, it, it's how it works and yeah. she's like oh is it too late well who knows because who knows what time of year it is well yeah and also your junior year is going to last for like another six years yeah so <laughs> right. actually it's not a big deal you know what it's, it's way down the line <laughs> even if it happens <laughs> which spoiler alert it will not yeah. and um, I mean I would be quite happy to say goodbye to her but Edith and Jess don't like the thought of Liz going to the other side of the world but again she's like a woman possessed <laughs> And they're like, why do you want to go to boarding school, you know, thousands of miles away? You don't understand, she said flatly. It's not boarding school. 
It's Switzerland. Oh my God, get over it. Like, why Switzerland? She's, yeah. Like, it's such a weird obsession. And like, it's just, it's very much shoehorned in as well. Oh, very much. And she's kind of annoyed because people are like, why won't you just take this seriously? And it's like, it's because you've literally just started talking about 24 it. 24 hours ago. Out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> and now you're like a monomaniacal mono- mono- Yeah. <laughs> and also like, Switzerland like why wouldn't you be going oh I want to go to Paris or yeah. <laughs> like why it's kind of a random choice isn't Very it it's random it's like we had the connection with Regina so I was like yeah let's just run with Switzerland oh, I don't yeah. know one. <laughs> to another country Switzerland it's Europe cool. it'll do yeah. <laughs> uh, so that evening the Wakefields go to San Fernando which we're told is a tiny town midway between their home and the the state college where Stephen is and we're told that they sometimes meet there during the term when Stephen was too busy to get home when? he's always at home exactly (laughs) he's there every five minutes how bad is it that he has to like they have to meet in San Fernando that must be every Wednesday or something oh god yeah but they make it sound like it's a regular thing where they like meet halfway and go for dinner it's like we've never heard of this place before San Fernando indeed don't you lie to us oh my god I know it's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, they're there eating Mexican food and uh, Jess and Stephen remind Liz there are no nachos over in Geneva, <laughs> which is almost certainly true. Yeah, especially in the 80s. I oh, mean, my that is God. probably fair. Also, Switzerland to this day makes a lot of effort to not let immigrants in. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, they no. have a thing where you literally, they had to change it because it was so racist. <laughs> where if you wanted to either become a citizen or get full residency, everybody, like, in your area had to personally vote for you. And Seriously? they literally weren't voting in, you know, anybody who wasn't, like, at best, uh, the bare minimum, white Yikes. and... You know, European. Oh my god, and it's bonkers. Yeah, it is insane. Also, I did German in college, like for you know, four years in the European sense, where you do just yeah. one or two subjects. And we did this course called Landskunde, where someone from a German speaking country would, you know, come in and ta- yeah. tell us about life in, you know, the recently reunited Germany okay. or Austria, or whatever. And the people from Switzerland came in, which is like, Never moved to Switzerland. Uh, <laughs> Don't do it. Everybody, it's really conformist. Your neighbours will literally ring the police if you're, use your poover after 10 o'clock at night. Whoa. And like, if you don't put your bin out and it's just... Full of snitches. Basically. So it put, it put me off Switzerland. So sorry to any Swiss listeners. Please let me know if I'm unfairly benigning your oh, beautiful wow. land. But wow. yeah, I'll just say that the chance of there being any Mexican food there <laughs> okay. or indeed any okay. Mexicans so. <laughs> is very small. So this is justified that there will not be nachos. Oh God, yeah. And Jess, <laughs> however, says, tells Liz that Europe has really had it. Oh so yeah, like, she says like it's totally decaying over there. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Dramatic. Yeah. What does she mean? Mm. Um... But Liz is is annoyed by their lack of support. Yeah. And the parents tell them to just stop bickering. This is all hypothetical. You know, Liz hasn't even got any concrete information about going there yet. Yeah, and it's it's come out of nowhere. So, like, of course they're not taking you seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, they do point this out. They're the only ones who do yeah. point out that this is a random whim. Yeah, it's more of a Jessica vibe, isn't it, than Elizabeth kind of suddenly deciding something That's and being true. like, I'm obsessed with this and this has to happen now. Yes. It's not usually uh, Liz's way of doing things. Very true. Well, she's, she's very out of character in this entire yeah. book. Yeah. So, <laughs> how does anyone put up with her? She's so annoying at the moment. Because <laughs> it's, it's cut to school where Liz is still... Banging on it's, about Switzerland. It's literally all she talks about for the entire book. And I was like, why is anyone hanging out with her? Yeah, <laughs> she why does everyone point out this is weird? Oh, she's negative crack. Like. <laughs> she, well, and she's negative crack the best of times. Exactly. She's even <laughs> Baseline of negative crack. Yeah. <laughs> even less so now. <laughs> and Lila, of course, is is condescending. It's like, well, it's probably too expensive for you. <laughs> you know, she's so rude. She's so rude. <laughs> and Winston says he'll start a travel fund for her. And when Lila mocks him, he says, he's about to become filthy rich oh god yep and it's it's kind of great because Lila's all like oh is it, has an elderly relative died and left you some money and he's like oh I hate to disappoint you Lila yeah. but I'm probably <laughs> fine all my relatives are healthy <laughs> I really like Winston in this book I'm just going to say it now yeah okay like, yeah. I think he's uh, you know he's tempted to do the wrong thing mm. but he does the right thing true and he actually has real human emotions he does but this whole lottery subplot thing is kind of weird oh it's like, ridiculous like <laughs> that goes without saying like yeah because he's making such a massive deal because that's his plan by the way he's, that's how he's going to become rich he's got a lottery ticket and yeah. that's that's the thing and it's like 
he's telling everyone in school about it like it's this massive big thing and he's inviting everyone over and yeah. they have a party to watch the numbers being drawn. It's like, what? <laughs> you just bought what do you think the odds are of you winning? It's really weird. It Although is. it's also slightly relatable because that's like me when I buy a lottery ticket. That is like, exactly the same for I me. I never do the lotto. I've maybe done it like three times in my life. Yes. Like I'll do a quick pick and I'm like, oh my God, I'm definitely going to win. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. So I can kind of so relate to it. this is relatable, but actually getting everyone over to your house is a step too far. No, that's a <laughs> Yeah. And it's kind of a joke, but it kind of isn't. Yeah. And there is a bit where he tells Liz, and he's sort of joking, like, oh, with my winnings, I'll send you to boarding school. And she's all, you're sweet. Like, Did you, you, your ego is so massive it's that you didn't realise he was joking. It's out of control. Because, yeah, she actually says, but she knew Winston would never win. No, the only thing was to hope was that there'd be time left. And it's like, do you really think that if he did actually win, he's going to spend all his money sending your ass <laughs> off to Switzerland? Like, fuck off. Oh, my God. That's the Wakefield sense of entitlement for you. It is massive. It's out of control. And she notices, just as a little aside, when she sees his ticket, that the, t- the number... Uh, begins with 7-12 and she remembers because Jeffrey's birthday is the 12th of July mm-hmm. so that will come up later yeah. and Jeffrey's all was a bit quiet and subdued and this is so, oh she hoped he wasn't upset about something what could he possibly be <laughs> upset about <laughs> I can no idea I, mean, I just don't know what it could be his girlfriend's constantly talking about her <laughs> obsession with Switzerland yeah. <laughs> and what he's not cool with that weird <laughs> um so, yeah, she's uh, she's oblivious and, of course, she's looking forward to, as much as she's looking forward to anything unrelated to Switzerland, to going to Winston's uh, get-rich-quick party. Yes. And Winston says, from now on, Winston Exbert is going to do, do things with style. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz and Jeffrey go to the mall so Jeffrey can buy a birthday present for his mother. And Liz can't concentrate because she just keeps thinking about, like... Like interlocking. Oh my god! And, and the brochures arrived, and when Jeffrey considers buying his mother a watch, she's all, "Oh, they have good watches in Switzerland. If oh I go, god. I can buy you one." Literally talk about something else for five minutes, <laughs> and she admires a pearl brooch in a window which because will... she's eighty. Yeah, yeah, she really is. <laughs> like, who? What sixteen-year-old is like, who? Dainty little pearl <laughs> bin pearl brooch. Like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> Finally, she asks if. There's something wrong with Jeffrey because strangely enough, he doesn't want to talk about Swiss watches with constantly. Her. <laughs> and he's all amazed when he says, "Look, I don't want you to leave. Yeah, you know, I can't help it. I'm sorry, and I'm kind of a bit freaked out that you seem to have no qualms at all about leaving. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to go. See you, losers." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, very sensibly, because she's all like, oh, there's no reason for you to worry. And yeah. she's like, well, you you know, Todd left. And that didn't last. Yeah, he's very, in fairness to him, he is like, look, you were so upset when Todd left. And that was just Vermont. And like, you're yeah. talking about going to an entirely different country, like yeah. a different continent. Of course, I'm kind of upset, like and in she, fairness. And she's like, oh, that was different. Oh, he was going away. Yeah, forever. she really brushes off his concerns. It's yeah. kind of rude. Considering that she did find it wasn't possible to have a long distance relationship yeah so you know. yeah she's just like no it's different for us it's like is it though yeah oh there's the <laughs> ski shop it's back hooray <laughs> and she just starts looking at that skis and imagines Staring herself ski skiing down the Matterhorn yep. or something dear oh dear so yeah she's basically gone completely completely insane yeah because we're told Elizabeth was certain that deep down Jeffrey really felt the same way she did about the interlock in school. Like no one cares as much about this thing that you suddenly care about. Why would he? <laughs> Why deep would he? down. Like yeah. I'm sure he's obsessed with deep me going down. to Switzerland as well. But her solution for it is gas. Oh she's my just like I know what I'll do. I'll just continuously badger yes. him about it and shove pictures of the Alps in his face and then he'll see how serious I am about this decision. It's That'll like work. you're just going to drive him absolutely fucking demented. I so. know. It's actually... It's it's so frustrating because it's so fucking stupid. He invites <laughs> she invites him back to her place to look at a library book about. Oh my god! Like no, you're grand or something on. See ya. <laughs> Jeffrey's face was tense, oh. but she doesn't notice because <laughs> she wants to show him a chapter on famous writers' reaction to the Alps. Oh my god! Like what? Uh. What the fuck? She's the worst. Like, we're no fans of Jeffrey, but poor Jeffrey. Oh my God. (laughs) The fact she's making us feel sorry for Jeffrey is the ultimate crime. It's also really annoying. Exactly. I mean, for fuck's sake. So, cut to Winston and Maria and they're at a convenience store called Drake's Mm. and they chat about being rich and Maria's like, oh, I, you know, I don't really care about money. Yeah. And they see a charming old grandpa. 
He's a delightful figure. He has shabby clothes. Oh, and, and there's a moment where his little adorable grandchild mistakes Winston for him in the way that little kids like see somebody in a coat that oh, looks like yeah. their mams and go up to them um, because they've got similar coloured jackets. And they, uh, Winston and Maria notice that he has to refuse this adorable child a bag of cookies mm, because he, he can't, just, he can't, can't afford it. No, he can't. Yeah. So it is quite, and there's there's actually a really sweet bit where the sight of the of this makes Winston feel really sad, but he didn't know what to say or do about it. And that's actually quite a nice little character note. That's true. It's kind of a nice little poignant moment, actually, isn't it? Yeah. That Winston, you know, he's a teenage boy. He doesn't yeah. really realise exactly why this is so touching, but he knows it is. Yeah. And at the counter, he puts down his jacket, and then he remembers he forgot something, so he. he goes off and yeah. comes back and when they're out in the car he realises that the jacket he now has is not his yeah it's the old man's jacket they got mixed up they both the left it on the counter yeah contrivedly mm, no no <laughs> um, so he leaves his number at the shop so the old man can contact him and Maria's like oh what if it's it's too cold that old man won't be able to won't have a jacket and it's, it's quite poignant it is yeah um, so a rare moment of humanity amid yeah. the very unconvincing behaviour of Elizabeth <laughs> So it's party time <laughs> and uh, Winston is uh, is hosting his his troops and he, there's a bit where he goes he goes into the kitchen and says, well, I come back, you know what I'll have in my very own hands? We shudder to think, Bruce <laughs> said dryly. Oh, shit. <laughs> what kind of party is this? <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, <laughs> so he's he's going off to get his ticket, basically, yeah. but he can't find it. Uh-oh. And why? It's in the jacket. Yes, yes, that's it. Because he suddenly, yeah, he had it in a drawer in the kitchen, but then he remembers he had left it in the pocket of his jacket because he'd brought it into school or something earlier yeah, that day. Uh, yeah, something contrived and silly. Um, so he's like, "Fuck my ticket! It's gone." But he kind of, when he realizes he's got the old man's jacket, he kind of ends up rooting through the pockets anyway yeah. or something, and like, oh, why? But anyway, but there's he finds a ticket there. A ticket. Yeah, yeah, there is. So we think this must be fate. Mm-hmm. And when he reads out the number to the others, because they're asking him, you know, before the numbers are announced, they want to know what his ticket says. Liz registers that the number was different. Yeah, it's like Liz like makes a mental note to ask Winston about it later. What a giant weirdo. Because God forbid a plot line wouldn't involve her sticking her fucking oar in. Like. <laughs> Even amid her Switzerland obsession. Oh yeah, she finds time to stick her to nose in here and be like, hang on a second, that's not the same number. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Oh, anyway, the jackpot is 25 grand and when the numbers are read out, Winston has won! He's a winner! It's chaos! Oh my God. They're all going nuts. They are. In fairness, you would like. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I, can't, I can't mock them for that. That is entirely no. justified. Yeah. And Winston is, is gobsmacked. His dad's ringing up the lottery people to confirm his winnings. But he realises the winning ticket isn't really it's his. It's not his. So he's, mm. but no one knows. So yeah. He's, got a bit, he feels, he's feeling a bit weird. He's feeling like, shit, what do I do now? Oh, but because cutting from somebody who was a genuine problem to somebody who is a crazed fantasist. <laughs> let's cut to Liz. She heard the interlocking package has arrived oh, and she's God. going bananas. And yeah, it turns out that there is a special scholarship. And it's perfect. <laughs> it's weirdly specific. Oh as my well. God. Yes, can you give us the details? Because it is ludicrously specific. So, weirdly, they have a scholarship for their creative writing program. Of course they do. It's the Margaret Stern Memorial Prize, presented in memory of Margaret Stern, who was from California and studied at the Interlochen School in the 1950s. But, like, she died or something yeah. when she was quite young. So, this her family have set up this, uh, this scholarship. But it's like it's only open to, oh my God, uh, yeah. to uh, female students between the ages of 15 and 17 must be from California <laughs> must show a commitment to scholarship and academic excellence <gasps> as well as embody the traits that Margaret Stern was known for but it's like and they also have to be blonde they also have to have <laughs> eyes the colour of the Pacific Ocean and no other oceans will do no like it's weirdly specific oh my god it is ludicrously specific yeah. and Jess rolls her eyes at these you know high standards but admits that Liz is Basically angelic enough. She's made for it, like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there is quite a funny bit where she talks about how she's always sort of depressed about how Liz will definitely get in and uh, the next thing they know she's going to be like, you're going to have, you'll have fallen in love with some shepherd or a yodeler or whatever and you'll decide to live in Switzerland for the rest of your life. <laughs> 
which I like. That's great. <laughs> and it turns out that Liz needs letters of recommendation. So of course, Mr. Collins will apply. Oh, of course. <laughs> and she's wondering about who else will do. But Jess reminds her of all the amazing things she's done at the school. So we get a bit of a recap of some of her activities. Oh, yes. And she, uh, so she's going to be a shoe in basically. Yeah, she has to also submit some samples of her writing, I think. So she's, yeah, she's kind of going through bullshit that she's written in the past <laughs> and she's got one thing that isn't quite finished so she wonders if Mr. Collins will help her revise so oh, that's something else for her to oh, we'll fucking right. <laughs> oh sorry actually Mr. Collins isn't really in this one much yeah not so much I'm surprised she wasn't disappointing. Going to for, for guidance yeah because yeah. I actually think he would have probably been quite sensible you probably would have in fairness if only somebody had been sensible with him <laughs> so it turns out that a, oh my god a local interlocking an alumnus like there's so many of them <laughs> that there happens to be one just down the road. Oh, yeah. Somebody who's gone to this bizarre place. And a member of the Stern family, Mar- Margaret Stern's family, um, will interview Liz and her family and friends. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, are you the CIA or something? Why, yeah. are, you, why are you running background checks on 16-year-olds? It's kind of weird. It's also really classist because, you know, oh, like completely, they're yeah. like just looking for somebody who's... who's the right there. kind of person. Yes. It's fucking Binky and Farley all over again <laughs> from the last book. <laughs> totally is. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, Liz doesn't question this, of course. And um, she's, she's like, oh, I'm going to go off and ring Patrick Stern straight away. And Jess is all gloomy and asks her if the Wakefields are so awful that she needs to get away from them like <laughs> Elizabeth doesn't answer though yeah. which is brilliant <laughs> I mean maybe have a little think about that yeah. Jessica something to consider <laughs> so Jessica wings Stephen because it's an emergency and he does point out there was a lot of continuity in this book by the way True. he points out hang on is this like the same as the last emergency the last emergency <laughs> yeah just like two weeks ago when you thought Alice was pregnant mm. she's like no no this time serious for real this time Yes, that she tells her, tells him about all her fears for, for, uh, for, for Liz, and she says in anguish, "I bet you'll come home speaking German or something, <laughs> or smoking those gross little cigarettes like they do in old movies, and dragging us all to things like the opera or something." And I love the scene. Was like, God forbid, Jessica, yeah. you're the only person I know who makes culture sound like a fatal disease. Which is kind of great. Uh, but anyway, he agrees that they. You know that that it is a it's it is a bit of a problem, uh, but he's a bit more rational because he reminds again more continuity. He reminds Jess that Ned and Alice won't let her go because of you know the cruise ship fiasco. Yeah. Like they're not going to let her do anything hasty. True. But uh, cut to, to Liz who. Um, who was moaning about nobody supporting her dream. Mm-hmm. And yes, Ned and Alice are being sensible. I'm they, talking about the cruise ship. They are, yeah. And in fairness, that cruise ship thing was a total disaster anyway. It was yes. like a whole insurance nightmare. As oh, well there as were so else. many practical problems. It's very problems. questionable. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they are. I'm really impressed by all this continuity. They are basically trying to make sure that she's not doing anything crazy. Yeah, they're like, she's... Stephen was impulsive and you mm-hmm. didn't think that was a good idea, did you? But... Liz says, well, why don't you ring the school and talk to Mr. Hummel, the principal? And, you know, you can figure out for yourself if this is really the right thing for me. That's <laughs> like, fine, I will. And Liz just wishes everybody was more excited about it. It turns out she rang e- Enid earlier and just started going on about oh it. Oh, God. Just started talking about homework. Yeah, like... Literally, let's talk about homework instead. It'd be more fucking interesting. And you talking about writers' reactions to the Alps. Oh my God, no one cares. I know. But she tells herself, at least Jeffrey will be enthusiastic. How is she so deluded? <laughs> it's it's really weird. I don't understand it. Oh, anyway, uh, speaking of madness, at school, Lila coos over Celebrity Winston. <laughs> he's famous. He's the talk of the town. <laughs> and... Yeah, he's he's feeling very weird about everything. Yeah, everyone's treating him kind of differently and he's a bit like, oh, this is weird because mm. he also has the weight of like, it's not my fucking ticket yeah, on him that's as well. Which nobody knows, yeah. Though one thing that is very telling about Sweet Valley that even the fucking teachers are going nuts. Like, how unprofessional oh. are they? Like, we know they're terribly unprofessional. Actually, that's true. Why did I even ask this? <laughs> like, Why did I even mention A counsellor literally laughed in a vulnerable student's face a few books Good ago. Point. <laughs> Yeah, this is really uh, part of the course, I suppose. So, of course, Winston takes refuge in the library, as they all do. Mm. And who should be there? Oh, God, who else? Talking about (laughs) a certain scholarship to go to Switzerland. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that girl? It's Liz. (laughs) And 
Um, she's worried about the, the interview, which makes Winston think of his own moral failings. And he decides he has to track down the old man. Yeah. But he ends up getting further caught in a lie because Liz, of course, asks about the ticket number. And instead of opening up to her, saintly Liz. Oh, my God. He lies to her. He lies. Right to her face. Oh my God. Yeah, he says his dad had two tickets. And yeah, he didn't want people to think he was trying to double his chances is kind of his cover story. Yes. That he just had two tickets. So she's like, oh, that must, yeah, I thought that must have been it. But then he just feels even worse because, you know. Oh, now he's now he's consciously lied. Now that he, and especially to Elizabeth. <gasps> of all oh, people. That worst of all crimes. Honesty personified Elizabeth. <laughs> so he heads off to the old man. He gets the details from the shop and... Uh, the house is small but charming. Oh God, but it's just like, he's poor, he's poor. He's, he's really poor, poor you guys. <laughs> look how well he keeps his oh, house. Yeah, because his house is in the poorest part of Sweet Valley. And his house is shabby, but well kept. Well, exactly. So you know he's the deserving poor. He's not like oh, Betsy yes. Martin. <laughs> you know? There's not like, oh, he's the good kind of poor. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised there is any in Sweet Valley, but you know. <laughs> Apparently there is. And yeah, he's uh, he's in his shabby little house, but he invites Winston in and says he wouldn't mind a minute or two of company. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. I know. And like his pants are too big for him because none of his clothes fit. Because he's probably lost he's, so much weight. Because he's so poor. <laughs> and then he says he, he wishes he could forward to send his granddaughter to pony camp Aww. and reveals that's why I play the lottery <laughs> I'm just imagining it was He's a sort of old time like fellow <laughs> <laughs> but now I don't even bother following the numbers because I know I'll never win Aww. and Winston's like oh fuck but also realises hang on he doesn't know he's missing a ticket yeah, yeah. he didn't bother checking the the, the winnings mm. so and he sort of tells himself well the old man can't miss what he didn't know he yeah Winston kind of turns heel here because he's like mm. you know what he doesn't know so I could just keep it's it it's like the last temptation of Winston Egbert oh my god <laughs> the moral dilemma I know <laughs> cut to the Casadel Wakefield where Liz is giving oh because she's so fucking tedious she's giving her family a big speech about how they have to be nice to the interviews oh and god. she wants them to rehearse what they say and understandably they get annoyed yeah they're kind of getting pissed off because she's just like 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 how could we can talk them? to people it's fine like we've yeah. got this and she's like no but you know maybe we can go through what you're going to say and, and, and Jessica what are you going to wear and it's like oh my god leave them alone and they start joking about oh maybe so I guess we won't mention your drug habit yeah. she's like don't even joke about this yeah she has absolutely zero sense of humour about oh this oh my god not at all and she she's kind of hurt that they're not like immediately devoting their entire lives to preparing for this interview yeah. and she goes to call Jeffrey who wants to take her out on a special date but of course she plans to spend the whole day revising her story for the scholarship oh god and she starts going on to Jeffrey about behaving himself in the interview <laughs> surprisingly he doesn't take that too well either yeah. <laughs> or like uh, he makes a joke too and then she's like no one's taking me seriously I know <laughs> and then she re- her solution to this is that she has to redouble her efforts to get her friends oh passionate God, about it. Please what stop. is wrong with her? Please stop. <laughs> but it turns out that she could be persuaded to leave her Swiss obsessions <laughs> for a little brief visit yes. to the beach disco. Hooray! <laughs> and uh, yeah, Enid uh, is, is happy to see her, but of course she starts talking to Enid about how to behave at the interview yeah it's like she has four conversations in a row with different people that's the same thing yeah. where it's like what are you going to say what are you going to do? here's what you should do and they make a joke and then she gets all pissed off and, and then like, they get insulted understandably oh it's really tedious and eventually Enid is like look you can't be surprised your friends and family aren't dying to boot you out to the get door. rid of you yeah. and she actually says like what the fuck is so special about Switzerland and that is the worst thing she can say oh my god like, how dare you and she storms off and decides, well, I, I must try even harder to persuade them that it's Switzerland. So it's some sort of episode. Take a hint. So the next day, Enid feels really guilty about the row. You shouldn't. No. You were entirely reasonable. You really don't need to. And she can't get hold of Liz because she's out at the library working on her story. So when she bumps into Jeffrey, um, they they bond. Yeah, because they've both had the exact same argument <laughs> with Elizabeth, basically. Who hasn't had it? Oh, and by the way, when she pops into him, he's gazing at a window display of the Alps. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> what is wrong with this town? The Alps are in right now. Oh, they certainly are. <laughs> so it turns out that Jeffrey bought Liz that pearl pin. Mm. And the two of them say, they talk about how, you know, maybe we've just been focusing on what we want rather than Liz, which is, you know, fair enough. If, if Liz wasn't yeah. being such a dick about it, like, well, yeah. there'd be a point. <laughs> yeah, she's being kind of unbearable. So, like. Yeah. <laughs> so they decide they're going to support her in her Swiss obsession and they're going to show how much they care about sending her off to the other side of the world by making her a memory book. Oh, yeah. And Jeffrey has a bunch of photographs because he takes photographs for the Oracle sometimes. So he has like a rake of nice pictures. So they're going to put it all together and make a nice scrapbook for her. Yeah, it's nice. Meanwhile, Guilty Winston is rigging the lottery just to make sure that like is has he broken the law by Mm. giving a ticket that doesn't belong to him? And they're like, well, we don't know who bought a ticket. So if you have it, then... It's yours. Yeah. But that doesn't help him because that's like, oh shit, now I really have to make this decision myself. (laughs) I totally could just get away with this. Damn it. (laughs) Because that's, it's actually, I think he sort of wants somebody to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be breaking the law by keeping this ticket. Okay, Okay, shit, okay. Yeah, take it out of my hands, please. man, what's his face? (laughs) Jack Oliver, I believe is his name. Oh, it is. Sorry. I should have made. Poor old man. I I just think of him as poor old man, which is very dehumanizing. I'm sorry. So Jessica rings Stephen and she's panicking. About the thought of a year without Liz. But Stephen has a plan. He does. Can you say what this plan is? <laughs> well, surprisingly, he's got some free time, so he's going to come home early. <laughs> like he never does. He actually says something like, oh, yeah, I don't really have it. You know, I can miss the lectures on Friday oh, and Thursday. And... For something as important as Liz. Like, oh, my God, of course. Who cares about a law degree? <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, so basically he's going to come back a bit early, so he'll be there in time for when the that guy Stern and the other yes. alumna lady is there, and mm. they're basically just going to make a show of Elizabeth. Is oh, kind of the plan just to are. act act like dickheads? Basically, is the plan to yes. put them off her. They say all oh, this will take is one obnoxious twin sister. Well, she that's I mean no acting. She required. doesn't have to do anything there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Yes, they, Jess loves this idea, unsurprisingly, because she won't really have to act. So that's uh, <laughs> that's fine. And Jess is delighted. And she decides she's going to rope in their classmates to join yes. in the scheme. Though that doesn't really happen. So, you know, mm, later on it does a little bit. Just a little, With though. It's mostly just Jess. It is mostly just, yeah, Jess and Stephen. And at school, Liz looks for Jeffrey for a lunch date, but she can't find him. Yeah, she's also, she's wearing, he's given her the pearl pin at this oh, yeah. stage and it's like, she's wearing the pearl pin on the lapel of her blazer. It's oh like, my. Such an God. old lady. <laughs> Stress like my granny. <laughs> Literally. And of course she's thinking, oh, I'll take this to Switzerland. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at a different day. Yeah. But then Lila appears. Mm starts sowing seeds of suspicion. Yeah, Lila takes a real Jessica turn in here, she doesn't does, she? she? Where did this come from? Yeah, it's weird. She kind of mentions that she's seen... Oh yeah, because Elizabeth is waiting for Jeffrey. Mm. And Lila's like, oh, I just saw him with Enid getting into his car. She was like, you know, I, oh, if I was you, I'd be worried. It didn't look that innocent. Ooh, kind of like, yeah, <gasps> making her doubt what... And re- Enid rem- and Jeffrey are up to. And reminding her that Enid used to fancy Jeffrey. Oh, yes, true. of course. So there's a bit of backstory there, yeah. So Elizabeth perturbed. Mm. But of course it turns out that Enid and Jeffrey are just working on the scrapbook and they've gone out to buy more glue. Oh, God. As my notes say, if they're sniffing it, that explains a lot. Oh, my God, it really was. Did. <laughs> Everyone's on glue in this book. Of course they are. <laughs> that makes way more sense. Maybe, the, well, maybe that's what Liz is, uh, what Liz has been doing. <laughs> it turns out that Jeffrey left a note for Liz in her locker. But, but it turns out that some sophomore boys snatched the note and threw it away. <laughs> oh Why? Why? That is literally the most contrived thing that's happened it's in this a, book, which is saying something. so much contrived stuff like that in this book, though. It's ridiculous. It's, I mean, even by Sweet Valley standards, yeah. it's very implausible. So, of course, Liz knows nothing of this and thinks she's been stood up. In a toy shop, Winston is buying an expensive guilt doll. <laughs> Guilt doll. It is. <laughs> it's her little granddaughter, Lisa. Oh, yeah, he wants to do something nice for the little granddaughter because, you know, he's stealing all that money from yeah. the old man, basically. <laughs> yeah, because it turns out that, like, the money's been put in trust, but he's going to get an allowance of the interest. And the interest is like 50 quid a week, which is a lot. Like, what is this bank? I think that's what I wrote down. I was like, literally, what is this bank with these interest rates, please? 25 grand and you get 50 quid a week. 50 quid a week. Amazing. That is, yeah. Sign us up, man, Sweet Valley. Give me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I've got lo- larger savings again there. Yeah. Coined it in the cash. Jesus, rolling in it. But um, he he knows that spending his money just on this one-off gift isn't really enough to make up for missing the Yeah, horse it's camp. an empty gesture and he knows it is. But, but he's just trying to make himself feel better, really, I think, isn't he? Yes. And he, there's a kind of weird bit where he does feel really guilty, but he knows if he, if he 
you know, owns up. He'll be the laughing stock of the town. No, he wouldn't. People mm. would think he was very noble. That's true, yeah. Unless he leaves a go for too long and it's like, what the fuck, why are you trying to steal money that off this old true. man? That it's is- like, that, all that's more likely than being a laughing stock, to be honest. Yeah. Um, suspicion and uh, judgment, mm. but not mockery, I would no, think. No, not so much. But yeah, he arranges to get the doll delivered anonymously to the house, which isn't creepy at all. No. Oh, it's a giant doll. <laughs> it's a ballerina doll for you. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle turning up on your doorstep. Um, no, it's grand thanks. I'm not signing for that. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> the eyes <laughs> speaking of spooky things Liz I'm sure we'll have a detailed description of the outfit later mm. but she's dressed to impress oh as a Victorian ghost of course her trademark look <laughs> she also dresses like a haunted doll <laughs> <laughs> she genuinely does yeah uh, so she's dressed to impress Jeffrey, and she's been a bit weird about this whole Enid thing but she trusts them and then she starts admitting to herself, oh, I can't expect him to wait a whole year, which is literally the opposite of what you were saying earlier when you were saying, oh, well, like, it's a fixed period of time. That's fine. Yeah, but like within two pages, she's like, oh, we, we have such a strong bond and we love each other so much and we're so steadfast. And then straight away she's like, but what if he's boning Enid? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not much better herself because then she starts fantasizing about Euro hunks. Yeah, she does actually, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, all these hot European men. But they're just like, no, no, I, I love Jeffrey. I have to show how much I care, possibly by talking about Switzerland again. <laughs> um, but actually, no, she arrives early at school with a love note. She's going to leave um, in his locker. That's right. But what does she spy? Oh, what does she spy? Sorry. It's Enid, it's Enid <laughs> and Jeffrey. Of course it is. Oh yeah, they're she like, keeps kind of seeing them together. Look at Shifty. Look at Shifty. <laughs> they're up to something. Which they are, but it's all we know it's innocent, but she does not. And uh, yeah, by the end of the day, she's miserable because she, she keeps seeing them sort of all over school, like dodging behind yeah. things. <laughs> it's like looking Shifty everywhere. Oh God. Yeah, so, she hasn't actually spoken to either of them, I don't think, all day, has she? No, I, I, not properly. She no. just keeps seeing them from a distance. Yeah. Sort of, oh, yeah. Looking <gasps> suspicious. <laughs> huddling together over something. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jess is on her way to tell the cheerleaders all about her sabotage scheme. And who should she bump into but her on-again, off-again dating partner, Neil Fremont. Uh-huh. And he introduces her to a hunky newcomer. Yeah, as a new guy. He's going to be starting, I think, next week in school. A guy called Kirk Anderson. Yeah. But he's trying out for the tennis team, so he's kind of in a little bit early. And he's not impressive. No, well... Hunky he may be. He's very handsome, but he's a jerk. Oh my God, he has a cold and arrogant smile. Mm. And he insults Sweet Valley. He sort of negs Jessica. Yeah, and he does this really creepy, like, looking her up and down the whole time he's talking to her. And Jessica's like, oh, this guy sucks. Yeah, no, he is genuinely. And she's dated gross. some really bad dudes. So, I like, for, for even Jessica to be like, you know what, fuck this. I mean, <laughs> she, she used to be obsessed with Bruce. So, yeah. you know, at the height of his dreadfulness. So this guy must be really bad. Oh, yeah. So he, she's totally unimpressed. Mm. At home, Alice asks Liz what's wrong and she confides all her worries. And Alice actually gives sensible advice and says, look, you need to talk to Edith and Jeffrey. And also, you've been both expecting them to be really excited for you constantly yeah. without even acknowledging that they might be a bit sad. And she's very sensible in all this. She actually is. is. I yeah. think she's grown. <laughs> she has. Good job, Alice. Yeah, well done. You're only like in your 40s, but you got, it's taking you this long. You got there eventually. <laughs> Good for you. So Liz vows she's going to talk to them. At dinner, the parents wonder why Stephen is home. Why do they wonder this? He's always there. He's always there. <laughs> and Jess mentions the, the evil hunk Kirk Anderson. Uh, there's a lot of hunks in this book. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know why she's telling them about him, but she presumably it's just a seed the, the next book. Yeah, he kind of, he's Keep pretty, him, he's big in the next book, so it's kind of, yeah. This yes. guy is here. <laughs> don't forget. And, and then Liz hears this and is like, well, I hope you won't talk about boys when the interviewer is here. So, you know, <sighs> That will give them the wrong impression. It'll give them a very accurate impression. It'll be very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and she starts suggesting outfits that oh Jess might wear. Do you want to mention them here or are they for um, the outfits section? I can mention this one because there's okay. a couple of other ones, I think. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Elizabeth says to Jessica that she could wear, you could wear that navy blue skirt and the flowered shirt Aunt Shirley sent you. You know, the one with the little white collar. <laughs> Jessica is disgusted. She's oh like, my God. Uh, the thing that looked like it was straight out of Peter Pan. So, I guess a Peter Pan collar. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> But she's like, I gave that 
the clothing drive at school <gasps> as well. Oh, Stone harsh cold. words. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. And she starts joking about all the outfits she'll wear. And again, Liz has no sense of humor about None. any of this. So yeah. she's like, do not wear that. Yeah. And she's got this really complicated schedule lined up with Mr. Stern. Like she's got to go down to San Diego. There's then they're going to come back. Oh, like, so much preamble. And yeah, so it's like she's going to... She has to get a bus to San Diego and then he's going to drive her to Palisades where what? they're going to meet that lady, Mrs. Crawford. Who's the alumna. Where they have a group interview and then I'll bring Mr. Stern back to the house. Why, is your car in Palisades? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, she's going on the bus. Like, what is... It's, it's, yeah, it's very confusing. It seems to make things way more complicated than they yeah. should be. And Ned is like, oh, I think I might be late that day. And Liz is just, what? She is horrified. What? And he's like, it's going to be five minutes. What? Yeah, because <laughs> the interview's at like four o'clock and it's like, people have work. Why are you Why do you expect your parents to be there? To be home at four o'clock and I, in the afternoon. Like. I know everything about it. But Elizabeth bizarre. is like, he'll think we have a broken family or something. It's like, dude, Also, the fact that they judged you for your parents not being, you know, together or whatever, mm. that is really dodged. Do you really want to go in with these people? Like, oh my God. Well, they, they suck. And they don't redeem themselves. They genuinely do suck. Nah, yeah, they right do. to the end of the book. So she rings Jeffrey to pour out her heart, but he's with Enid. Oh my God. <laughs> so she's like I'm losing my boyfriend my best friend and so I was like oh my god you ridiculous drama queen like stop <laughs> making up fucking problems for yourself oh god she, yeah, she keeps convincing herself something's going on and then like talks to Alice who's like you know come talk on to them. There's, there's nothing happening here talk to them and she's like oh I must talk to them I'm sure it's all fine oh my god I can't believe they're together <laughs> And she's so stricken by this that when it comes to interview time, she's not even wearing the pearl pin <gasps> and rejection of Jeremy. Oh my God. So and, cold. And Mr. Stern is kind of horrible. He's, yeah, he's really weird. He's um, very weird. He's very austere and like, he's got like a thin voice and some kind of like, oh, just a weird vibe about him really. Like, he sounds like Mr. Burns because he keeps like steepling his fingers. He does. Yeah. And he's got a sort of spindly sort of air about mm. him. Yeah, and he's just he's kind of obsessed with like a good manners, even though he doesn't really have any fucking he manners certainly himself. Does not. Like yeah. Now he does appreciate all her crazed research. He does. Yeah. So he's very frosty with her at mm. first, but then when she kind of kind of talks about the different the, bits in the school and the people who'll be teaching her and stuff, and he's like, Okay, you've done your research and that yeah. kind of wins him over to an extent. So he kind of I don't know. Well, defrosts he, a little bit. Yeah, and he basically <laughs> says, "Well, if your family and friends are as nice as you, then this, that's a good thing." It's like, like why would that matter? Like so classist and weird. Yeah, because he's like, "Oh, we care so much about character, and so few young ladies really exhibit good uh, manners these days." It's like you're a weird old sexist, aren't yeah, you? you <laughs> really are. And yeah. Miss Crawford doesn't seem to do anything to stop him. She's quite silent. Yeah, the supposed other interviewer. And uh, so by the time they get to the Casadale Wakefield, she's Liz is kind of exhausted. Yeah, it sounds tiring because he sounds like tough work. And also there's all that fucking driving around and public yeah, transport nonsense. The coast. <laughs> she's had a long day, OK? Yeah, she really has. <laughs> when, she, when they get to the house, Liz sees a motorbike par- parked outside. No! And you know how the Wakefields feel about motorbikes. <laughs> and apparently how everyone feels about motorbikes. Yeah, yeah Mr. Stern. Like, I'm, it's just like, what? He sounds like he's wearing a monocle more so than <laughs> anything else. Because when he sees it, he's like, gracious, does someone in your family write that? Like he is scandalised by like, the sight of a if motorbike. If motorbikes were good enough for Lawrence of Arabia, they should be good enough for you. Like, <laughs> oh, like fucking calm down. What's wrong with motorbikes? Oh, but you know what is wrong when they go in? <laughs> Stephen! He's, he's unshaven unshaven I tell you don't we know beards equal despair <laughs> well we haven't been told this before yeah. so yeah you know how bad this is when things went to shit for Roger Collins he was unshaven well that <laughs> the was only a... time they're unshaven oh my god it's I'm disturbed just reading those words and, <laughs> and of course he's putting on his uh, typically uh, unshaven persona <laughs> he's, we know what unshaven people are like so oh. like oh yeah um, where's dad oh I don't know he's always late uh, of course this is the way we roll at the Wakefield home yeah because he's kind of he mentions that he's in college so Mr. Stern is like oh what what are you doing in college and he's like oh you know whatever I'm real chill about college and I don't need to go there we yeah. can't really function if we're not all together and kind of spins this whole line about how they're basically dysfunctional if they're not all in the same place at the same time and also they are very slack about timekeeping well, so they totally are. They're, yeah. they're quite an eccentric <laughs> family apparently uh, yeah uh, you know this is actually a genuine problem, him not turning up to college. Yeah. So maybe this is a cry for help. <laughs> oh my God. 
Like, he really doesn't seem to care about being there that yeah, much. No one's taking him seriously. <laughs> and then he tells Mr. Stern that Jessica has gone unbalanced with oh, her God. distress about Liz going to Austria. Mr. Stern's like, it's Switzerland. <laughs> the ultimate insult. <laughs> and then Jess turns up. And can we mention what she's wearing or does that count as an um, outfit? It kind of counts as an outfit because okay. they're kind of thin on the ground, I think. Oh, right. yeah. Well, let's just say that it's not the sort of impression that Liz wants. It's not the navy skirt and Peter Pan blouse that uh, Elizabeth yeah. was hoping for, let's just say. <laughs> and uh, then um, Ned arrives home and... You know, it's basically, it's chaos. And yeah. later, it cuts straight to later where Liz is just outraged at their behaviour. She's really upset, yeah. And actually, I don't really blame her because no, they did they, sabotage. Like, that was... <laughs> she was straight up sabotage. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, Jess is like, oh, I was dressed for a special cheerleading practice, the, which does not go with the outfit she is wearing. No, well, she does say they were going to do a skit beforehand. Oh, fair enough. So okay. maybe that does kind of cover her ass there. <laughs> and... Ned is like, look, we couldn't tell being five seconds late. Yeah, that wasn't really on them. Yeah. Um, but they are angry at Jess, uh, Jessica and Steve. Yeah. As well they might be. And Jessica and Stephen are unrepentant. Just yeah. Just like he was a creepy old weirdo. True. Accurate, yeah. Mm. But Liz is just doesn't care about their excuses and she mm. runs away crying. She just, Yeah, she kind of spends the evening in her room upset on her own and she's like, fuck you guys. Mm. And when Jessica or when Jeffrey rings, she refuses to talk to mm. him. She's like, oh, I bet him and Edith are just waiting until I'm on the plane. <laughs> oh, gosh. Then they're going to drop the bombshell when, I, when I'm away and tell me <laughs> that they're together. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, just talk to them. But of course she doesn't. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> but now Jessica has a new worry on hers. Uh, she's worried that their behaviour was so terrible that Mr. Stern will think Elizabeth is even more noble because she's managed to <laughs> transcend the <laughs> terrible family. <laughs> She's so perfect in spite of all yeah, this chaos. It just makes her look better. <laughs> so she decides they have to blacken Liz's name Uh-oh. too, yeah. which is really crossing the line. I mean, I think they've crossed the line already in fairness. They have, yeah, but they're just going to go even further now. Yeah, and they're um, they're they're sort of aware that this is a bit wrong, but mm. they're not as aware as they could be. They don't feel really feel qualms about this madness. Yeah, they're kind of just like the ends justify the means, you know, we're going to keep her in Sweet Valley and this is what's going to do it. Yeah, and they, uh, she 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 decides that she's going to tell them to, or tell the interviewers that Liz seems really great, but she's actually boy crazy and unstable. A real basket case. Sounds familiar, Stephen said fondly. <laughs> I wouldn't be that fond, Stephen. No, I know, yeah. No, she's actually a psychopath, Stephen. Yes, and he, she is speaking the truth. Yeah. But anyway, rightly, they assume that that will make Liz uh, look slightly unhinged mm. because she is very unstable and um, <laughs> obsessed with boys True. to an unhealthy degree. And she decides she's going to pose as Liz in school in order to give this impression. Yes. So yeah, good so old twin switcheroo. Good old twin switcheroo. They're going to trick Mr. Stern. Yeah, because apparently they're turning up at the school as well. Yeah, the interviewers. Really, like, how does like the school facilitate this? Following this her so around weird. all day at school. It's really weird. Yeah. So... Uh, after a little vignette with Winston still feeling guilty, his mm. mother asks him to search inside himself. Doesn't she? Doesn't he? Doesn't say what is. His yeah, he is. just kind of says that he has to make a decision and he doesn't know what to do. And she's like, and she's like, you, you know, you you know what's right. It's just yeah. it might be the hard thing to do. Kind of, and yeah. Kind of knows this is true. Yeah. Cut to the school where Jess is dressed just as incredibly dorkly as Liz. Like basically dressed like a nun. Yeah. Like a literal nun. It's fantastic. And yeah. she's absolutely disgusted that she, <laughs> she has to wear something matching Elizabeth because Elizabeth has the worst dress sense. Yeah, true. But um, yeah, she kind of says, uh, this better work, she thought grimly. If I have to go around looking like I'm applying for a job as a junior executive, I'd better get some positive results. Which is <laughs> <laughs> such a great burn on this. It really is. <laughs> so she goes to school in this outfit and she finds Mr. Stern and she basically pounces on him. Yeah, she's kind of following Elizabeth around and as soon as she leaves Mr. Stern, Jessica kind of Pops jumps up. out from another classroom <laughs> and is like, I'm back. Oh, hey, Mr. Stern. <laughs> I don't think she's going to any classes all day. I don't day. think she is either. She's how literally she just kind of this? on a mission all day long. And she starts talking about how great, how lo- much she loves men <laughs> and how she wants to marry a Swiss banker. I love this. Like, one of my goals is to meet a really rich Swiss banker spend the rest of my life in luxury. I think it's terribly important for a writer to have some kind of independent means of support don't you and I'm like that is a solid fucking plan yeah. find yourself a rich Swiss banker and write like amazing that's what I thought <laughs> 
I mean, of course, Mr. Stern is depressed. He's and she's, scandalized, yeah. <laughs> and she's got old Randy Johnson to come along. <laughs> That's and it. Yeah, she's, with her. She's kind of. She has called in some uh, yeah. some troops here of, of, from Sweet Valley. That there's kind of <laughs> all these random lads that she keeps turning up with. Yeah, they keep turning up like, oh, I'll see you later. Pretending that she's Elizabeth. Yeah. Exactly. And then eventually she basically starts flirting with Mr. Stern. Oh, and gross. It, it is so gross. Because <laughs> he says, you, you know, this would be very inappropriate. Love, Jessica declared passionately, does not recognise the word appropriate, no, Mr. Jessica, Stern. stop. I think you'll find it does. Yeah. No, no, no. Calm down. Stop that, please. And Mr. Stern is really confused because he's literally just had a glowing report from Mr. Collins. And then, of course, Jess is, oh, Mr. Collins, I'm in love with him too. <laughs> So yeah, she keeps just jumping out and like turning up with a different guy each time and just making Liz look like a crazed hoe bag. Yes. Basically. Basically. <laughs> so when Liz has her final interview, how the, many interviews has she had? It's so many. So confusing. Mis- speaking of confusing, Mr. Stern is confused by the contrast between the references she's received from all the teachers. Yes. And her behaviour in school where <laughs> she was frankly unhinged. <laughs> and then while they're, they're having this interview in one of the offices at school, why? Why is I, Anyway, um, all these calls start coming in and it's Stephen, as we know, pretending to be lots of different boys looking for her. It's like, oh, "Oh, it's, you know, Tom Smith. It's It's John Simmons. It's, yeah, it's really the final nail in the coffin for Elizabeth's reputation at this stage. And her, you know, her behaviour in school. Yeah. I mean, regardless of, you know, the possible slut shaming aspect, she's really behaving in a very inappropriate way. She really is. In school. So Mr. Stern is like, look, this isn't acceptable. Carry on. We can't have somebody like you. And Liz is devastated. Mm. But who does she spy from the window? (gasps) She suddenly spots Jessica scurrying away dressed exactly like her. The idea of Jessica scurrying being like, (laughs) (laughs) scampering off to the car. Exactly. (laughs) Later, she confronts Jess and Stephen and they confess. And she says, look, I really cared about this and you've wrecked it. And I basically, I hate you. Yeah, like it really was going too far. Oh my God, completely. I mean, the whole blackening her name was just really dodge. Mm. So they actually feel guilty and Jessica begs forgiveness. But Liz refuses. For once, she actually is like, no, fuck you. You you really upset me. Like, yeah. Mm. I'm surprised. She's not having it. Oh God, no. So, uh, yeah, they realise, Jessica and Stephen realise that they have to confess all to Mr. Stern and even if it means Liz going off to Switzerland, they just can't leave things like this. But Liz has no idea that they're going to try and help. She cries herself to sleep. (gasps) And then she goes for a jog. And I'm not sure, did she go for a jog? Is it all night? I do not know what time of day it is. (laughs) Because, like, she's been bopping around the entire coast all morning. Uh, She was back in school at, like, Four o'clock? Oh no, that was the other day, was it? Oh my god. Yeah, that was a separate day. So confusing. It goes on for so long. It does, like, it's just so contrived, all of it. But yeah, so she goes to sleep. She must have gone to, like, fallen asleep early in the day Mm. or in the afternoon. Because it's five o'clock, but is it five o'clock in the morning? Or is it five (laughs) o'clock in the evening? Oh no, because they start calling to the house shortly after that. So it must still be, like, afternoon, evening time. Well, whatever time it is, Jeff, she goes to jog past um, Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's house, house yeah. who's outside his house oh, no Enid's car is there oh so she miserably runs home oh, oh but, but before that she had a moment where she was like you know what I didn't actually like Mr. Stern so yeah he was kind of a dick <laughs> maybe that school isn't so amazing mm. meanwhile Winston has decided to do the right thing he does Yeah, he goes to old man Oliver <laughs> poor old man <laughs> and he apologises for taking so long to do it but Mr. Oliver says well no that shows that you really thought about this and yeah. you've made a proper decision and you've shown real courage and he tells Winston he's the greatest hero that ever lived yeah. on. I mean okay <laughs> but then he gives Winston a big hug and it's actually really sweet it is yeah. and, and he's thrilled so he can send his little granddaughter off to horse riding camp or whatever yes and, yeah and Winston realises he's done the knows he's done the right thing yes. and he says this feels even better than winning the lottery does oh, it? well it's a nice sentiment but yes. like yeah no it doesn't <laughs> but it still is a genuinely really touching scene and Winston is kind of a real person in this book yeah it's very human like his whole yes. arc there where it's like fuck I could get away with this but then obviously the guilt yeah, is too I'd much I never and, yeah. forgive myself and I just yeah. get shit about it forever exactly speaking of feeling shit Liz <laughs> is just in despair she yeah. knows she won't get the scholarship and she's lost Jeff and Enid now you really don't know that you've lost Jeffrey and Enid that's entirely in your head true but she doesn't know doesn't care about that so she has another screaming rant at Jessica and Stephen Prince Albert gets in the fray he's barking <laughs> the parents are just like what the fuck what is happening and in the midst of this the doorbell rings Ooh. 
Who could it be? Oh, it's Mr. Stern and Ms. Crawford. Mm. She's very silent. Know, she's just hovering yeah, around. She doesn't really say anything, does yeah. she? Anyway, they've heard the truth from the culprits. Jessica and Stephen, they've confessed all. They've come clean, yeah, and, and cleared Elizabeth's name. Oh. And the uh, the interviewers realise that anybody whose family love her so much, they'll lie and blacken her name in order to cling on to her. <laughs> Is, must be an amazing person. Yeah. Mm. So they offer their the scholarship. They do. And she has the... She has a weekend to make up her mind. And just as she, as this happens, Jeffrey and Edith turn up. Yeah, drug with the memory book. Again, like it's a busy house this evening. It really is. It's chaotic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they turn up with the lovely scrapbook and she's like, oh, okay, I see what's been happening. Oh, maybe I should have talked to them after all. No, of yeah. course she doesn't do that because she never reproaches herself for a single thing. Not at all. Uh, never. So she takes Jeffrey outside for a chat and he says, look, I'm proud of you and won't stand in your way and I'll wait for you if that's what you want. And they go back into the house and Liz makes a big speech. It's like, oh, you've all been very patient. Yeah, they fucking have. Yeah, I know. Sterling Crawford has just been sitting there the whole time in the sitting room uh, while she went off to have a chat with her boyfriend. It's like, come on, dude. Also, everyone she knows has been patient. They've been putting her up with their Swiss nonsense for yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah. But she says that she can't, she can't go because she, she thought, I thought Switzerland was the most magical place on earth. But I can now see that this, she spread out her arms, Ugh. is even more magical. So, of course, Sweet Valley is the best place in the world. Of course it is. But yeah, she's like, oh, I thought I'd need to go you know, to Switzerland for inspiration, but it was here all along. Oh. Oh, and it's really, yeah, it's a really shit speech. It's very contrived. But what's even more annoying is that Miss Crawford starts clapping. Oh, my God. And then it's like the room fills with applause. It's like Mr. Wakefield joins in. Oh. Stephen. And then they're all doing, oh, my they're God. all the worst. Oh, I hate I them. I hate you no all. wonder she's, a, she's so self-regarding and oh. entitled. Welcome home, Liz. So at school, Jessica is amazed by the, the headlines about Winston. How had they not heard beforehand? This meant to be like a few days later. How was that not all over the school straight away? And Lila is disgusted. It's like, he should go to one of the cutthroat business seminars that my father runs. <laughs> and Winston, Winston is, see, he's so likeable in this book. He's all like, oh, well, because they're, they're praising him for his decision. And he yes. says, from now on, consider me the moral king of Sweet Valley High. So I love that he's kind of taken the piss out of his. Like, it is quite good, actually. He's handling it very deed. well. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out him and Mr. Oliver are having a joint party. That's lovely. The cuteness. <laughs> and uh, while everybody is sort of happy about this, Jessica spies nasty hunk Kirk Anderson. <gasps> He's in school and he's ready to cause trouble. Yeah. And speaking of trouble, we get cut to the Oracle office where Penny uh, is tells Liz she's glad she's not leaving because how could they possibly survive without the eyes and ears, Collier? They would all have crumbled into dust without her. The paper would be pointless. <laughs> but it turns out that Lynn, Henry, our old pal, oh. has a good idea. Yeah, she's come up with this uh, plan for personals column mm. in the Oracle yes. that people can put in ads for like... I don't know, to meet someone or whatever. Yeah, to find dates. Uh, finding dates. And yeah, so they all think it's a great idea. You could do it anonymously, set up boxes in the office and assign numbers to different yeah. people that write in or whatever. Um, but yeah, Penny and Elizabeth think it's a great idea. They do. And they um, they ask uh, Lynn to edit the columns. I'm mm. glad she's got something That's to do. Nice, yeah. She hasn't been seen for a while. Not and Olivia's like, aren't you glad you didn't go to Switzerland? There's sort of excitement. <laughs> and the... Uh, what is kind of great is that posters start going up around the school telling people to send their ads in that say, dateless, mateless, don't be sad, run an ad. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, Jessica thinks that like personal ads are a sign of desperation. But Cara <laughs> thinks it's public service. Yeah. And there's Jessica, it's quite a good joke, was like, oh, Winston put up an ad. He'd probably get a response from Brooke Shields and then he'd send her back. <laughs> saying he got the wrong person's date. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite good. But whatever their feelings about the, the personal ads, they all agree things are going to get exciting. Ooh, it's going to get spicy. Definitely. <laughs> and that's the end of the book. That's it. Yeah. Can you read us out? <laughs> what couples will find true love through the Oracle's new personals column? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 39. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so confused yeah, with numbers. <gasps> Secret admirer. <gasps> And that was leaving home. That was it. And it was pretty shit. She did not leave home. No, she didn't. Mm-mm. She was obsessed with Switzerland, though. Oh, man. And she wore some very boring outfits. Ugh. So, do you yes, have some actually. outfits and stats? <laughs> okay, so the blue-green eyes got four mentions. Uh, average. Yeah, and the blondness got seven. Ooh, Which is average. kind of, you're slightly above average. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, in terms of outfits, mm. we had, oh, Elizabeth, yes, when she was dressing especially for uh, for Jeffrey with her new <laughs> old lady pin. <laughs> she was wearing a new velvet ribbon on her blonde ponytail. Looks like. A plaid 
jumper and a Victorian <gasps> lace blouse ah! that looked old fashioned and pretty. And again, this plaid jumper is probably like that kind of pinafore yes! thing, isn't it? Because I keep thinking jumper. Just jumper yeah. like a sweater. Um, so yeah, and a Victorian lace. Like where oh, where does she get these blouses? <laughs> does she get them? I don't know. She's She's got a look and she's sticking to it. I'll give her that. She does. She's consistent. True. Um, Let's see. Oh, yes. When Jessica turned up and scandalised everyone, yeah. <laughs> um, she was wearing a leather mini skirt and enough makeup on for Halloween. Oh, I can imagine. And uh, like earlier on at the dinner when uh, when Elizabeth was kind of getting on her case about what to wear, Jessica started joking about wearing a leather mini, mini skirt and her glittery bandeau top. <gasps> but then she actually does wear the mini skirt, so I can only assume the top went with it. I'm hoping it did. So we hope so. And then the day when they dress alike or when Jessica copies oh Elizabeth's God, outfit, so her junior executive Barbie look um, it was what was she wearing a crisp white blouse the navy blazer and a pleated grey skirt that is literally what it's, the principal of my school who was a nun wore yeah and cream coloured stockings like oh my <laughs> god sorry I just snorted <laughs> like oh. voluntarily Elizabeth a is wearing these year old things is wearing those outfits yeah voluntarily it's not good I refuse to believe this it is bad so that was leaving home Ooh, and yeah. uh, you can see why I did name it as the worst <laughs> very true I actually think it's not as bad as some of the books we have read yeah it's not the best storyline it's kind of it's just her going on about um, oh, Switzerland constantly on about Switzerland but yeah. luckily there is more drama in the next book mm, that's true the book, next book has a bit more intrigue yes it does um, so if you have any thoughts on leaving home or indeed any opinions on which is the most boring sweet body <laughs> book we always love hearing from you we do and so you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast.com and sorry, svhpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and actually, we did get a great email from Elizabeth Allered in Santa <gasps> yes. Fe, who told us about how she had painted her childhood bedroom brown because of Jessica Wakefield. Oh, that is such Which commitment. It's amazing. It is amazing. We're but she also excited. says that she now has a degree in literature, most likely because of Sweet Valley High making her into a reader. Which is amazing. I suppose it does have I some love that positive so much. effects. But just the fact that like, yeah, these books do influence you in weird ways. Yeah. And actually it's funny because that reminded me like when I can't sleep, I count backwards from 100. Yeah, because that is, to... that's what Elizabeth Wakefield does in one of the books. Oh my God. Like it's ridiculous. Seriously? It, it almost never works, but yeah. I st- I've been doing it for like 20 odd years <laughs> because when I was like 11, I read about Elizabeth not being able to sleep, counting back from 100. And I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Well, there you go. Is that a helpful thing? Because it doesn't work. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really work, but I'm still doing it. It shows its influence All these years later, you know, in future, I should just read this fucking book. That should sort of (laughs) (laughs) end. Well, on that bombshell. (laughs) Now we've provided you with a useful sleeping aid. Yeah, Uh, good luck with that. It doesn't work. Um, remember that you can always contact us and you can check out the other podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network at This Headstuff and HS Pod Network. And we will be back in two weeks mm. when we find out what happens when members of the Sweet Valley High gang find they have <gasps> a, a secret, secret admirer. <laughs> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.